welcome and or welcome back to the Broken Bad Bitches Podcast. Episode seven. Oh wow, my gosh. we're really outdoing ourselves. This is the most. Wow. I am Hannah here joined with me as always. Prissy, hello. Yes. Hello, my queen, my love, my wife, my life. Mm, we yeah, are to me, so excited to do this episode today. I'm not going to lie. We were going to skip the check-in, but like we told you last week, uh, Priscilla's son, Coco Bean, is out for the summer. Yes. So Hannah is on, really, she's been killing the game, y'all. She's been oh on my auntie God. duties, just killing the fucking game. I'm really getting to fulfill my fun aunt fantasies. She's and killing it. Bitch, I'm having a great time. We went to a jump house. Or yes. the, what do they call them? A little the trampoline. trampoline. Yeah, places. trampoline places. I was so tired. I almost died, y'all. I was literally sitting there having palpitations. It could have been the six espresso shots. We don't know. We don't know. We're not sure. Probably both. Um, and then today I had them all day and we went to the pool. And on the way back, we're like, um, we're jamming out. We are, we're singing some Billie Eilish song and the song is over. First of all, he turns down the music to literally go, I think I'm better than you. <laughs> Sounds and like my boy. I was like, I did not know it was a competition. I would have tried way harder. It was I so funny because I'm at work. Socks. And so, you know, she's had him since the morning. I dropped him off in the morning and uh, she texts me. She was like, come get the baby. And I'm like, <laughs> God damn it. I was like, what? I was like, what happened? Like, I'm, I was honestly like You're really like, oh, concerned. No. Yeah. I was like, God damn. And my son is really well behaved, but I'm like, what happened? And she told me this story. She was like, he, he, and she like wrote it in multiple texts and she's like, this happened. Yeah. Then this happened. She goes, leaving you. And in then suspense. he said, I'm better than you. And I legit screamed. It was at so work. funny. And I was like, you're in my car. <laughs> no. And then we get our sonic drinks and, um, He's like, which one is yours? I said, they're both the same drink, but it's the unspoken rule. Everybody knows this, teaching your son young. So it's the unspoken rule that the driver of the car gets front mm -hmm, front, cup. front cup holder. So he switches them. And I said, why'd you switch them? And he said, because this one looked like it had more. <laughs> he said, I'm going to let you have the front spot, but you're going to come up but off you're gonna get lit. Yeah. But you're going to come up off the I was like, you don't even pay no bills, sir. I'm confused. I have, yeah. So, but no, I had a really fun day. We had a great time. We went to um, a public pool. I almost beat up some children. I didn't know it was great. That's fun. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, tell mm -hmm. them, tell them about the uh, the the Adele. There was more. Oh my god, yes. So we were just jamming the whole time. Um, we order our Sonic, and then like, uh, I was like, all right, you can turn the music back up because he was trying to do it the whole time. And he was like ready for this song. It was his jam. He was playing some Adele. He goes, he starts singing it and he's like, uh, instrumental break. He goes, um, roll the window up. It's about to get serious. <laughs> and he's just belting out. He's like winning at life objectively. And I was just like, your son is so goofy. That's definitely his little definitely Leo rising coming this out. This little Coco Puff. Hello. You want to say hi? Hi. Hi. Oh, a man of few words. I love that. A for very, him. It's so funny because my son is very stoic and like very so stoic. And so when I watched his award ceremony when school was over, she was like, this next award, this is given to him just with his just outgoing personality. And then my son walks up on stage and I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's just like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> but that's him like it's so funny but even when he was in kindergarten like he's so chill but in kindergarten they had like a little trolls presentation and they put my baby center stage period and he was acting like eh, eh, eh. so when it comes time for the performance that leo that yeah. leo rising comes out of him and he's like you about to get you some mm -hmm. and that libra moon too with a natural leadership people yeah. gravitate towards him it's beautiful but yeah he was insulting my singing skills in the car and i was like boy i wasn't he even trying you i wasn't even drink i was not even trying did I'm, you get punked by an eight-year-old today <clears throat> me 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 hold on i i oh, do we are we getting I'll a rematch are you. we getting a rematch hit it oh now he don't have <laughs> now you don't have anything to say baby <laughs> no but he was good he was it was so much fun i had Aww, a good I had a good time he had a good day which yeah. makes me happy yes so 
Other than that, that's really all we have as far as yeah. our check-in. Priscilla had a bad day. She had to do the whole working thing. Work very- is so ghetto. Like, I just don't understand. It just, like, gets in the way of my free time. And I'm no, just, yeah. like, not about it. It's like nothing takes up more of your, like, free time. Like, you have things to do. Yeah, like... And then you're supposed to be at work, like, all day. like that. And, and then they want me all, to come, like, every day. Like... No, yeah. Like, rude. continuously. And, like, as your wife... Yeah. It's, like, really disrespectful to me because, like... I need you at exactly. those hours. They don't understand that I need to attend to other things. Like you're busy. I'm so busy. And where do they think that they have like this audacity to I just don't tell know. me to come? It's, and just, it, it's just really rude. I'm not having a good time there. <laughs> not fun. So today we're just going to get into it. We are super excited about this topic. We're switching up. We've been talking a lot about self-love, self-care, even got a little weird with some astrology. Yes. Uh <laughs> okay, sound effect. Um, and our so soundboard. Today, we're going to kind of have something a little bit more informative. Yeah, definitely. We did more um, research for this episode than we usually do. We usually just I loved like, it, though. No, I had so much Super fun. Exciting. I literally call her and I'm like, won't stop talking about facts. And you're like, you got it. You're good. <laughs> but So today, we are very excited to talk to you about our sleep episode. This episode is called Nap Queen, named Aww. after our Taurus Queen Priscilla, yes, of course. Hello, the Nap Queen herself, live in person. <laughs> Couldn't think of a better name for myself. I'm going to change my Instagram name. That's it. <laughs> no. You, yes. I probably should. She's literally, she's the type of person that she's like, I have seven minutes until I have to leave. So I'm just going to take like a six and a half minute nap. And then it's only going to take me like 30 seconds to put my shoes on. And then by that time, it'll be like the perfect time for me to leave. Exactly. No, I will take a five minute nap. It's what I do. All about it. I cannot relate to that. But so today we're just going to go ahead and start. We're going to keep it pretty light. We are going to talk about dreams more near to the end. We're going to dip our toes in the water. I know some people don't like to hear about dreams, but... For this episode of Nap Queen Part 1, we're going to mostly focus on sleeping. Yes. So we want to talk first about why is sleep important and what actually like is sleep? And you Why know, do we, we need to do it? Yeah. It's so weird that we do this thing every night for theoretically a third of our entire lives. If you're supposed to get eight hours of sleep roughly a night, literally one third of your incarnation in this body is spent like in this sleeping comatose state. state. Yeah. That's and on that's, average 25 years of your life is just <sighs> sleeping. Not me. Probably get it like good 15. You make up for it on some days though. So. I do. I, I would actually, say 20. Yeah. I think that um, this is a little <laughs> off topic, but I have really bad sleeping habits. Well, you also have a, you don't have a set schedule. Yeah. And we'll I don't have a set, on why I don't important. have a set life. <laughs> but <laughs> I just wake up every day like, woo. But I think what's so interesting about this is scientists are in 2021 are still unclear as to why we need sleep and right. why it's crucial for our survival, which, which I don't is. believe. No, it is because. No, no, I don't oh, believe don't... that it's survival. I don't believe that scientists don't have an answer. Like, I think that there's a lot that goes on to it on like a. Tell us spiritual level yeah. and and that's going to be something that we kind of delve into a little bit more next yeah. nap queen episode but mm-hmm. scientifically still though there's a lot of like really interesting stuff as far as when it comes to sleep because it pe- there are cases where you can actually die you die if you don't sleep for long enough the person yeah. who holds the world record for staying up the most consecutive hours died due to lack of sleep isn't it crazy like, that's so wild to me. I feel like I'm dying. So t- <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's anyways. <laughs> there is a chemical in your body. Because I was asking Priscilla when we started doing this episode, what makes you tired, though? Mm-hmm. Like, what in your brain, what chemically makes you feel like you need to sleep? Because really, everything in your body happens as a homeostatic reaction to keep you leveled out and good so that yeah. you can survive. Yeah. And we learned that there's actually a chemical in your brain called adenosine. A, yep, that's the one. And <laughs> as you wake up, this chemical starts releasing into your brain and building up in your brain. And then it's only metabolized and worked off and absorbed by your neurons while you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. So that's chemically what makes you feel sleepy is this 
actual buildup of, of the adenosine of the and adenosine. that's why when you wake up you feel so refreshed because the levels of adenosine has been lowered because as she said as you sleep they're being processed um by your neurons and so the the levels are low uh, lower by the time you wake up right and we do need sleep it's very crucial sleep boosts your immune um, the immune system and it also when you sleep is when you do a big bulk of your food digestion. Mm -hmm. And so getting proper amounts of sleep can help prevent weight gain. Mm -hmm. Um, I know someone who actually just went to a doctor for weight gain and they're, they put her on this whole, like they're holistic doctors and they put her on this entire sleep regimen. Yeah. Because like she doesn't sleep. Oh yeah. Oh, that can yeah. Because when your body's stressed out, your constant fight or flight mode, your body mm-hmm. digests things a lot differently. Yeah, I can see that. Like you literally, it deteriorates you in every aspect of life. Even um, you need sleep for cognitive function. Without sleep, your reaction times are delayed, and mm-hmm. you're not as able to quickly recall things. You also can't store things into your memory as easily. So yeah. if you're having an important conversation with someone, when you're tired is definitely not the time to do it because you'll not really remember fully, which is why I never remember anything we talk about. Um, <laughs> I'm like, what are we, what? Something I learned interesting today, kind of going with like why we need sleep and like all the benefits of it is it's like while you're sleeping, your hypothalamus and your brain is a part of your brain, which is like almost like a regulator. It kind of regulates all of your systems mm-hmm. and your functions and all that. And as you're sleeping, it then it's kind of like a moment where you're like fragmenting your your body and you're mm-hmm. determining, okay, I need to remember this. I can get rid of this. We need the, oh. we need to keep this. So it's a it's time for your body center. to sort things. And that's why sleep is so important because you got to think like, for example, like, you know, like when you're on a computer or your phone so much and you're like, shit, I just need to turn it off and turn it back on. Right. And because that's your so brain. Because there's so much going on. Yeah, well, that's your brain. And that makes sense because in the movie Fifty First Dates with Drew Barrymore, <laughs> the doctor said that every night when she goes to sleep, the part of your brain that pushes things to long-term memory doesn't work. So that's yeah. why mm-hmm. Adam Sandler had to go on 50 first dates. Mm. And that's scientific fact. But what's also scientific fact is that sleep can be so detrimental as far as your like capacity to... Function. Yeah, and do tasks that without sleep, like if you have less than five hours of sleep, you are four times more likely to get into a car accident. That's insane. And that's so scary because there are a lot of times when I've either been up for a long time or I'm really tired or yeah, just, and you can tell, like you ever been so tired on the road that you have to like get out of your car at a gas station and like go inside. Girl, I remember being so tired. Um, I was in college. I was driving from Lubbock all the way back to Colleen and my tire like blew out halfway through the trip. So I'm like, I either can turn back around and go two and a half hours back to Lubbock oh my God. or drive on a donut, you know, there, yeah, but it took me a lot longer because I couldn't go a certain speed. And I remember it was like turned into a seven hour drive. I was like smacking <sighs> myself and I was singing Trey songs, like trying to stay awake. No, it's so bad. I shouldn't, I should have just pulled over and went to sleep. Cause I learned today that so sleeping, scary. um, driving tired and driving sleepy kills more people than drunk drivers. I believe that. Isn't that crazy? No, I completely believe that. Do you want to hear a terrible story? Yeah. One time when I was 18, I started dating this guy who lived like two hours away and we like stayed up all night. And then I had an 8 a.m. class in college because I'm an idiot. And so I drove like two hours and I was like driving, I'm driving and I'm so tired. And then all of a sudden a horn is honking and I'm in the wrong lane (gasps) of a two lane bridge (gasps) on the bridge about six inches from hitting the guardrail on the other side. And the person honking at me was the person on that lane who I was in. And I like literally like woke up from this honk and like swerved back into my lane. And it was terrifying. Terrifying. Oh my God. I almost died and killed other people. So I, yeah, I believe it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, moral of the story, bro. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Take a car nap. Take a nap. Literally get in your car. Yeah. Or like, um, What I've also heard that's helpful is if you like park your car and like, let's say you're driving somewhere like Colleen, like Mm -hmm. to wherever. And it's like, there's not really so much out there. Mm -hmm. Literally pull your car over and like do a couple laps around your car. Get your blood flowing. Do some jumping jacks or something. Like get out Mm -hmm. of the car, stop sitting. Yeah. Get some movement. Because it literally is 
has the potential to be a life or death situation. It's crazy. So another function for like, again, talking about your uh, hypothalamus in your brain and it's um, really regulates your natural rhythm, which is called your circadian rhythm. Yes. And so just fun fact. So circadian comes from, stems from the Latin circa diem, which means diem approximately day. a day. Oh, cute. Dun, dun, dun. Carpe diem. Just giving. Seize the day. Exactly. In circa, like when you say circa 19, you're talking about like approximately. A time frame. So, <gasps> wow. You got it. <laughs> Mind blown. Literally. Um, so your circadian rhythm is a 24-hour cycle um, that just regulates your body, again, controlled by your hypothalamus. So along with the natural light and things like that, like there's things that can really change your circadian rhythm, which is like if, you know, some people um, have like they change their work shift or they go on jet lag or they have a different obligation where they're, you know, that's why sometimes like waking up earlier Mm -hmm. or waking up before your normally time, it can be hard because it's messing up with your whole circadian rhythm because there are actual other, it's like a domino effect. There's like your hormone cycles and your regulations and a lot of things that happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, um, cause, oh gosh, I, I've always had a bad sleep schedule. I remember I used to work shift work where, um, you know, I remember I used to close every Saturday at Larry's and then open on Sunday. Oh, I remember you doing that. And then, yeah, not the point, but, and it, it really does mess with you. Or have you ever noticed, like, let's say you have to end up going to bed like super, super early because you have like a crazy early flight or like something mm-hmm. and you just can't force yourself to go to bed, mm-hmm. even though like maybe you've been awake for a long time and maybe, you know, you do need to go to sleep. You might be tired, but yeah, it's like your body like knows it's not time. Yeah. Not me though, but, but no, not you. Like- you don't relate. <laughs> but what did you say about um if you can fall asleep within five minutes you're like sleep deprived yeah i did i was we were doing research it was like if you can fall asleep under five minutes and you're sleep deprived and i'm like i thought that was like a good thing yeah me and my son like oh your son almost passed out on like the 15 minute car ride to come to lunch he fell asleep on the way here snoring yeah snoring we are just little he is the nap the nap but, yes. uh, prince to my queendom right and there's another thing i feel very seen by this disorder it's called delayed sleep disorder it's where your circadian rhythm is like pretty far off from the day night cycle that the world is and it's really the technical term for night owls mm-hmm. and i i mean you can check the website i don't know if i believe it but apparently we put the links down yeah below. we put the links but Apparently, only one to two out of every 1,000 people are genuine night owls. I almost find that hard to believe. I'm definitely that It would be one interesting to, to see like when this was taken. And it could have been severely changed with, yeah, the, I didn't with look, the pandemic. Oh, the yeah. pandemic probably messed everything up. And, and even yeah. if it was to have been done like 10 years ago, so much technology has changed. Yeah. That. Because, you know, like back then, like 10 years ago, we didn't have like cell phones. You could just sit in bed and scroll for fucking hours, you know? Right. And I actually saw something recently that said that sometimes people who have a tendency to like, even if they're tired and even if they have early mornings, people who tend to stay up late every night are people who feel out of control in their life. And it's like, that's their time to be in control of their self. Mm-hmm. And I definitely used to do that as a kid. Like I would always stay up just so that that could be like me time where it's me and I'm the boss. Yeah. And now I'm literally like such a night person. Like even though I woke up at 6 a.m. today, I bet I won't be able to go to bed until like three minimum. Listen, honey, right when I get home and get in this shower. And she's rubbing her eyes. <laughs> As I, I also found out that it's interesting that 15% of our genes, so the things that make us who we are, are controlled by this circadian rhythm. Hmm. That's interesting. So night owls literally are like different breeds. Pretty much. Wow. See, that's crazy. And, you know, you wonder what else that affects because your genes can change everything. Yeah, for sure. That's so crazy. like, what are what are some things that people can do to like maintain a healthy yeah, because a, a lot of people do have problems getting into a good uh, schedule. And so one thing is literally having a more set schedule. You need to be more consistent about what you're doing on a day-to-day basis so that you are able to rise and fall at the same time. And now sometimes that's not possible, you know, whether it be for you travel for work or just your work in general. Um, But one thing that's going to really help you fall asleep 
is limiting the amount of light you get before bed, especially blue lights. I know we stare at our phones all day, but we don't realize honestly always how straining that is for your eyes. No, but is. also it it literally keeps your brain stimulated, that type mm-hmm. of light. And so it can be pretty detrimental and you can end up, I know we've all done it, like stayed up like multiple hours later scrolling on like TikTok or something. I know I've been trying to like something I've been really good about and I hate that I put a TV in my bedroom because I really That's why I don't have a TV in my bedroom. Um, But I like at nighttime, I don't put my TV on or grab Mm -hmm. my phone. I bought, I bought the, I I get my book and I even bought like a soft, um, like attachable little clippy light. I need to get the clippy light because that's what stops me is because my lamp is on the other side of the room and it's a problem. So yes, limiting light before you go to bed. Um, another thing is right when you get up, you're supposed to be getting a sunlight really early in the day because what happens is, you know, that sunlight is going to release a lot of serotonin. But what it also does is it helps to trigger your brain later, like 12 hours later, into producing more melatonin, Mm. which is something that also makes you feel like calm and sleepy. Yeah. So if you continuously get light early in the daytime, it's going to help you actually genuinely feel tired later on. Mm -hmm. So... Yes, that's exciting. And then another really good thing to do, I know you probably are so sick of hearing this, daily exercise. And it doesn't have to be much. Maybe just get up and go take a walk in the morning and that could be your exercise and your daily light. Look at your son doing jumping jacks. Love it. See, he listens. See, like he's a good little boy. A good little nugget. But yes, so doing some of those things and implementing that, regardless of whether or not you have um, an unstable like schedule, it will definitely be able to help you. So I think with the rhythms and I think something, this is some, I'm going to say like something eight times. So with with the (laughs) rhythms, it's interesting because we are the only species that has this sleep cycle where we sleep in one big chunk. We're the only species that does that. And so me and Hannah both watched this podcast and we, she told me about it. Then I ended up watching it like, separately on accident. So I was good. like, hey, they, they, I watched it. She's like, that's where. And so we had this whole talk about biphasic sleep. Oh, uh, so freaking interesting to me. So Hannah researched the history of sleep. I so did. Take this it is, away, Hannah. This is what I called her and geeked out about for like an she hour. She was like, even like while we were planning, she was like giving me all the facts. I was like, Hannah, I love it. Write it down. You're like, you got it. Okay, baby. <laughs> Put it in the thing. Put it in the thing. Write it down. So anyways, yes, biphasic sleep. It's interesting that you say that we're the only species and we are, Mm -hmm. but we didn't always be for pretty much most of human history. And there's a lot of like references to this um, and documents and everything like that. We did not do that. We would sleep in multiple shifts. And a lot of history, we would refer to it as like first sleep and second sleep. Mm -hmm. So basically people used to kind of go to bed like one or two hours after the sun sets, right? And then they'd sleep for a little while. I don't know how many. It doesn't say really how long. <laughs> I couldn't tell, but probably a couple REM cycles, which we'll get into that later. Um, and then they would have an hour or so of a waking period before their second sleep. And for a lot of history, um, you know, people would namely like sit and meditate and pray. There's actually prayer manuals from the 15th century that say that the best time to pray is in between your first and second sleep. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people used to sit this time to just be quiet and with themselves. Like yeah. we said, there wasn't all the, you know, fun distractions of ticky talkie. So people really just had a moment to be quiet and in bed. And aside from that, you know, they would um, visit and hang out. They would like smoke tobacco, maybe get up and go to the restroom Some people would have sex. Even um, 16th century doctor's manuals say that the best time for conception is after the first sleep. And then kind of in the later part of the 17th century, so like late 1600s, we begin to see like a cultural shift. And that's kind of when Catholic and Protestant churches would start doing like late night services. Mm -hmm. Because before that time period, before like the 1600s, it was seen as like a very raunchy, like there's nothing good to be doing out at night. And it was pretty much just associated with 
drunkenness and prostitutes and I watched uh I was listening to this this podcast it was like this sleep researcher and she was mm-hmm. saying that like talking about the history of sleep and she said that like during those times the church would tell the people like how healthy it was to to sleep and wake up and be early risers and be productive and then, then they would tell the people that the physical air they would breathe was at night was toxic to try to keep the people like from not going out at wow. night. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Um, there was one quote that I thought was really interesting from like somewhere in the 1500s and it said something about um, even those who are wealthy enough to afford candlesticks have better things to spend their money on. There is nothing good to seek in the dark. Yes, and so people to sleep. Right. They said, tuck the baby in, in bed, put her in bed. But so, and then at some point kind of in the 16th, I'm sorry, in the 17th century, that kind of started to change. And, and they started doing like church services at night. And then it became a little bit more commonplace. And the first streetlights out on the streets were not until uh, 1667 in Paris. And they literally, 1667. Wow. So yeah, the 17th century. Mm-hmm. And they literally just had like, candle lights and little boxes in the street because it and that was kind of like when it started becoming more normal Mm -hmm. and then Amsterdam in uh, 1669 did their oil lamps go Amsterdam but and then kind of it continued to change um, as the industrial revolution continued and people started moving more towards the cities and things became to be much more like time conscious, like everything's more becoming about efficiency. I think that was the the push was the industrial revolution. Mm-hmm. And that's what really kind of shifted us into the sleep cycle and the, you know, quote unquote, nine to five that we kind of have yes, now. The structure. Because really, if you think about it, everything really boils down to the money. They want our money and they need, we need money, right? Mm-hmm. That's like the whole thing that we've all been sold on. And so yeah. now you're adjusting how you sleep. And then by 1829, there were medical journals published that urged children, I'm sorry, urged parents to break their children of the two sleep cycle. So that really um, Hmm. shows like it began to really change. That's our natural cycle. Yeah. And and even so, like you brought up a good point. You're like, it makes sense that we're supposed to sleep in multiple cycles. Because if you you think about babies, you have to train your baby Mm-hmm. to sleep in a capitalistic way. You do. Because that's what our society is now becoming like built around. And it's not seen as like acceptable if you're going to just like, you can't just lay in bed, like all the sleeping, like it's seen as lazy now. Like It is. Like, I think people talk about, I don't sleep. I sleep four hours and I yeah, wake up this time. And it's like, I'll sleep when people I'm are trying to like prove something. And it's like, all right. Right. But it's, it's crazy because... It's seen as lazy, but really it's the one of the best things you could do for your body. Preach. Literally. And that's why we all do that. But, you know, so, and if you think about it, this is also something I found interesting. So around the, you know, the industrial revolution, it went from like the 1760s to like the 1840s, basically mm-hmm. in Europe, in Western mm-hmm. Europe. And they didn't start reporting cases of insomnia until the late 1800s. Hmm. Interesting. That's weird. That's suspicious. <laughs> That's our other favorite joke <laughs> that we stole from Cardi B. Ew. Ew. But yes, so I think it's definitely interesting. And then if you think about it now, a lot of people suffer from insomnia due to anxiety. Mm-hmm. And what are else are people doing much less? All this meditating and all this prayer mm-hmm. that they used to be doing in between the first and second sleep. So I think it is pretty arguable that there's a correlation between people becoming more sheepified, basically. Yeah. And then now they're all upset. And now people are up awake at night and they can't sleep and they can't go back to sleep because they're anxious. But mm-hmm. maybe next time you're awake at night and you didn't mean to wake up, like take that as a sign from your ancestors and maybe just do some breath work, do a little mm-hmm. light meditation. Yeah. You might need it. We're not supposed to sleep for eight hours at a time. No, that's it's weird. too much. Because I, I will say when I sleep for eight hours or more, I'm more tired. 
to me, it makes my body hurt. And like, I have a really nice mattress to try and stop that. But literally like laying there like that long makes my body hurt. Is that weird? No. And uh, another interesting fact that you were saying that it helps for digestion and, and you know, mm-hmm. we're supposed to sleep on a certain side. And even when women oh, are really? pregnant, we, yeah. When um, I knew the pregnant part. And that's the same reason because, oh. you know, you're putting pressure. You got to think because your stomach is well, over. over where are you side. supposed to sleep? You're supposed to sleep on your left side. Oh, heck, I've been doing it wrong. This whole time. I always sleep well, on my back anyway. Oh, no, that's worse. That's actually bad for you. Oh, I know. And then the sleep apnea, I just be about Do to die. Do you have sleep apnea? I don't think so. But I think people have told me I snore. But I don't think I like stop breathing and then <laughs> like I've seen people. <laughs> I've seen people have some undiagnosed sleep apnea and they, they scare me. I'll be lifting their head. Oh, pillows. my God. Um, One of my prospects was just here and I was like, you snore so loud. And he was like, yeah, I have sleep apnea. And I'm like, That's scary. Okay. <laughs> That's like, scary. thanks for just telling me that. But um, no, anyways, what I was going to say, <laughs> the interesting thing is like sleep with, di- you know, digestion, it helps you sleep. So you're mm-hmm. supposed to sleep on a certain side and it goes and it correlates with having a biphasic sleep pattern because you're going to be more able to regulate the positions that you're laying in, if you're only sleeping for like three to four hours at a time versus sleeping for an eight hour chunk, it's not realistic to be in one position for yeah. eight hours. It's like physically not comfortable for your body. So I thought that was interesting as well. No, it for sure isn't. And honestly, like there will be a few times where I like wake up and I'm like, I go to sleep laying on my back and I wake up in the exact same position and that's when my body hurts. Mm-hmm. But most of the time I do wake up like a couple times, not like anything disruptive. I always can go right back, but right back into the dreams. But I'll Big, wake like up and I just like live. violently thrash around for a minute. And then I'm like, cool, this is good. <laughs> but so it is really interesting that for most of human history, we literally didn't sleep the way that we do. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's something so easy not to think about that literally our nine to five jobs control that much. It's so exhausted. You would have thought that the jobs the would have like been something societally built around Something so sleep. fundamental like sleep. about us. But literally we're so brainwashed in the system mm-hmm. that we literally sleep different. That's weird. That's weird. That's weird. Very suspicious. But so moving on, um, like we said, you have a circadian rhythm. There's a lot of cycles going on here. Another <laughs> big one at play is your REM cycle. REM is going to stand for rapid eye movement. But really... It's a cycle that occurs multiple times while you're sleeping. Mm -hmm. And it actually has four stages and two phases. The first three stages are all non-REM. So your eyes are not rapidly moving. And then the second phase is stage four, which is rapid eye movement. And so a full sleep cycle, a full REM cycle, if you will, takes only like an hour and a half to like two hours. It's all I need sometimes. And I think sometimes if you get, if you wake up right at the sweet spot of that REM cycle, it is all you need Mm -hmm. because this is how it goes. Stage one, you're just now falling asleep. It's going to be like the first five to 10 minutes of your sleep. Not for you because you are out by then. (laughs) Like a light. Like a light. Anyways. (laughs) And so this is going to be a time where your muscle activity slows. And this is also going to be the period where you feel like you're falling. We all know that f- like you think you're falling and then you jerk awake, you know? <laughs> That's like actually... Your, your impression of that right now was classic. I cannot wait till we get uh, right. uh, vid- visuals. Oh my God, they need to see me. And then um, you might have a little bit of like image memory from this time if you're woken up. But mm-hmm. if you're woken up from this state, it doesn't feel like you've slept at all. Yeah. You want to know something so funny? Yeah. I always okay. do. Ever since I was little, I've always had the same visual when I feel that falling. Hmm. It's always, I'm like in the Grand Canyon or something. And it's like some red dirt, like plateau-y type of thing. And I'm wearing red high-top Converse, which I've never even owned a pair of red high-top Converse. And I'm looking down at my feet and I'm walking. And then my left foot walks off. And then that's when I jerk awake. Hmm. Every time. It's very interesting. I was like a little. Very interesting. Yeah. I don't know why. But so I was like, oh, it makes sense that you actually do uh, get little, you might remember pieces of images because mm-hmm. I always do. And so that's stage one. Stage two, your eye movement kind of stops and your heart rate starts to slow down, 
as well as that your body temperature decreases. You're getting ready to do some really restorative deep sleep, which brings me to stage three, also called deep sleep. And basically your brain waves, you know, everything is waves, right? Your brain waves slow down to delta and that's Mm going to be the most like relaxed, slower waveforms, right? Um, And if someone is in a state of deep sleep, it might be really hard to wake them up from this. This is where like the main bulk of your restoration happens. This is where all your cellular repair happens is Mm. in deep sleep, which is again, non-REM sleep. Yeah. Which is interesting because that's not what I thought. But if you wake up from this state, that's when you feel like really groggy and disoriented, like really, really freaking out of it. And then you go into phase two, which is stage four, and that's REM sleep. And so at this stage, your delta brain waves that were all nice and slow, they increase again all the way up to like regular waking levels. Like theta, right? Yeah, which is Mm -hmm. where your dreams come into play, right? Like there's a lot going on. Like your brain is really And that's why like you can sometimes feel like, oh my God, that felt so real. Oh yeah. You ever get like hurt in a dream? Ow. Yeah. No, that, that hurts. And um. So yeah, your brainwaves, I didn't know they were, they were literally so similar to working like yeah. real life levels. So while you're in this state of mind, you have a very little control over your actual body, your brain is very active. And so this is the stage where the REM part comes in. So your eyes start rapidly moving around and your heart rate is going to increase. Your blood pressure is going to increase, increase. You'll start breathing faster. This also might be the part where you get a penile erection. <gasps> Not one of DMs. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> but so, but it's really crazy to me that uh, your brain waves increase so much. And so that happens for about an hour and a half, two hours. And then mm-hmm. the cycle just goes ahead and starts over. And you'll go back like after you dream and your mm-hmm. dream ends, you'll go back into like a pretty light sleep. Yeah. And then have to go, go back down again. into Interesting. it. Interesting. The first sleep cycle is going to be your shortest time spent in REM. The shortest time that you're actually dreaming. And then as you continue to have more and more sleep cycles, that is when like the amount of time that you're actually spent like dreaming, like in REM sleep yeah. is increases, increases, increases every time. I feel like I'm an anomaly because I can literally take like a seven minute nap, as you've heard before, and have an entire dream. Same. What does that mean? That you're tired. It's big. That you're sick of it. <laughs> but so because she's tired as fuck, that is why we have affectionately <laughs> named her Nap Queen. She now, my nap queen, gonna get the pillow. Mm. Shoddy is unconscious. Yeah, I did already know. Mm. She mm. be napping like mm. a muff. Mm. <laughs> okay, <we're- laughs> I was so excited to research naps when we were planning this episode. She's I was like, I'll do naps. I'll do naps. She's like, I got it. So again, we're the only species that does a monophasic sleep pattern. I don't know if monophasic is a word, but I yeah, mean, biphasic, biphasic is the word. It has to be. It's only one. It's only right. So 60 million Americans are sleep deprived. That's a lot. How that's many Americans lot. do we have? I feel like that's I think a, like 350 Americans. I feel like more Americans are sleep deprived. Did they ask? They they probably asked the babies and the babies were like, now nah, we're good. <laughs> Only, this, is, this made my heart so sad. Only one third of American adults take naps. Um, I think I'm kind of on the two thirds end more so. <gasps> oh no. Your friend Kiara doesn't nap either. No, she can't nap because she's like, if I lay down, she's like, I'm out for like seven hours. I'm like, that's not a nap that you're just sleeping at that point. Yeah. So that's me. (laughs) There are three types of nappers, which I didn't know was a thing, but it it makes sense. So there's your habitual nappers. Okay. That's like, I need a nap every day. I'm going to always take my afternoon nap. Yeah. So they'll like have a set schedule where they plan their nap. No, when I was working from home during the panorama, mm-hmm. I was a habitual napper. I had like at lunchtime, I would eat, take a nap, like boom, like you can deter me from Oof. otherwise. See, that kind of stuff gives me anxiety because I'm like her. Like I'll literally fall asleep and I will not wake up. Like I will go so deep into oh, sleep. No. I will become a log. I will wake I up. I will not be woken. I was also in nursing school. So listen, any second I could get a nap in, I would. Um 
There's the plan nappers, which I will consider myself a plan napper. I think that's you now. Yeah, yeah, now I'm a plan napper. I'm like, okay, I have She'll literally this going be talking on. to me like, okay, so I have this and this and this, but I'm going to get ready for this early and then I'm going to scoot this here so that way I can take a 20-minute nap. Boom. And it's literally methodical. It's planned. It's intentional. Concise. This last one is definitely me. The last type of napper is an emergency napper. This is a, a napper that literally is like, I will, I physically cannot function mm-hmm. and I need to just, get some sleep. Like I cannot continue to be yeah. conscious. And so, that, that's how I do. If I nap, it's only because it's not planned. It's actually completely the opposite of the plan, but I oh, physically exit. just can't do whatever the plan is. And I have to like dip out of, <laughs> of this dimension. Like I got to go, you know? Yeah. The best nap, which is, I guess the scientists said oh. is 15 to 20 minutes. That does not seem like enough. And that's a good power nap. A 15 to 20 minute nap is more productive than a cup of coffee. And they said in order to like really increase in your benefits to drink a cup of coffee right before you take your nap. I've that way by the time you wake up and I've, it hits you. I did that in nursing school. I would drink a cup of coffee, go to school, but I would go to sleep and I would wake mm-hmm. up and I'd be like, boom in it. Um, but a 15, 20 minute nap is what they consider a power nap and it can increase alertness, increase reaction time. It can improve your mood and performance. See, I have a question about the napping thing. Yeah. I've gotten to the point in my caffeine addiction where I can literally we have, have a severe addiction that we actually need to talk about off camera. We've already talked about it off camera. It's fine. Well, it's not fixed. So we it's, need to talk again. I told you it was fine and that I can stop whenever I want. It's not fine. You're not fine. You're not stopping. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the problem is I'm at the point in my addiction where I can literally, and I do it, I do it once a week minimum. I can chug an entire like five, six shot drink mm-hmm. of espresso mm-hmm. and literally nap for like three hours, four hours. What does that mean? You're sleep deprived. Mm-hmm. But what if sometimes you can? Never mind. I'm exposing myself and my caffeine addiction, and I'm just gonna shut up. I, okay. Don't worry, guys. I'm gonna take care of my wife. She's fine. We're I'm literally I'm fine get now. Her the I'm, help she needs. I'm already fine. <laughs> it uh, reduces fatigue, and it also can increase creativity, which is Aww. pretty nice. Um, there's also 30 to 60 minute naps, which are called slow wave sleep. And it increases decision-making skills. So they're saying like before an important decision to go ahead and do that. And then also like memory and recalling, like I said earlier, that's a time for your brain to like really like segment and get rid of all the things it doesn't need to remember and keep. So I think uh, that would mean that that would kind of get you to phase three of sleep, or I'm sorry, yeah, stage three of sleep, like the deep sleep, the Mm -hmm. slow wave delta, but not enough to dream. Yeah, not enough to dream. This seems like you'd feel so quiet or tired when you'd wake up. And then the 60 to 90 minute nap uh, plays a key role in making new connections in the brain. So Mm. it helps your synapses. Your synapses. (laughs) It helps your synapses keep, you know, those connections and also helps with um, creative problem solving. Um, Yeah, no, that's true because sometimes your brain just literally does not work when you're tired. No, Mm -mm. not at all. So even, and I I do this, so it was interesting to di- like to discover that just even 20 minutes of laying down with your eyes closed. So even if you're not like physically napping, just like 20 minutes of sitting there with your eyes closed can lower your blood pressure, relieve stress, um, and just provide a lot of benefits for you. So like you said, like in those times of like, a me- even a 20 minute meditation can give you the same benefits as taking a power right. nap. And that's really what it is, is... Uh- Because sometimes I do like to just sit and like have my eyes closed and I'm not doing anything because sometimes it's so hard to get a minute to just be Mm -hmm. that, yeah, a 20 minute almost nap would be so beneficial for everybody probably. But I don't think I can even do it like most of the time without falling asleep unless I'm actually (laughs) meditating, like sitting up more so. Yeah. And like really focusing on that. Yeah. I fell asleep in some meditations before. That's why I always put a timer on. Girl, I'll be trying to do meditation before I go to bed and I just end up waking up in the morning. (laughs) 
<laughs> I need to do it in the daytime. Well, that's why sometimes you can listen to like those guided meditations and your yeah, subconscious and you're supposed will, to fall yeah. asleep too. Um, so a vast majority of mammals in the animal kingdom sleep for short periods of time throughout the day. They are considered to be polyphasic and they sleep whenever, whenever their body tells them. And of course, I think a lot of that has to just do with just biology. And obviously when we're sleeping, we don't have to worry about a goddamn, you know, gorilla coming and just going ham or whatever, Man, you know? Wouldn't that be nice? Not the gorilla, but just like the... <laughs> Sleep like, when hmm, your body wants it. My body's tired. I go night. Bye-bye. Uh, I, I'm a take a nap. I, I'm a take a nap. That's you. For sure. Still me. Um. So yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Like we're the only ones that designate like large chunks of sleep. Um, NASA did a study and conducted that um, on fatigued astronauts and military pilots. It mm -hmm. found that them just taking a 40 minute nap improved performance by 34%. It's a lot. And alertness by 100%. Wow. And that goes with like earlier, like, you know, the, the car accidents um, mm -hmm. and how scary Because you're it is. not like the same problem with drunk drivers is the same problem with oh yeah sleepy drivers like operating is that, a motor vehicle or an airplane yeah and that you're like tired and your reaction time's literally slower so that's crazy and then dr james b moss a psychologist and sleep researcher believes that just like exercise napping is essential to good health so kind of like you said earlier it's essential for us to just it's should be a part of your workout regimen. So if you're like really trying to be healthy and fit and you're spending all these money on supplements and you're spending all this money on a trainer, but then you're not resting, yeah. it's counterproductive. And it can be detrimental too, depending on your physiology. If you're yes. not replenishing your body and your muscles and yeah. everything like um, that. The best naps to take are after sex because at that time your body releases oxytocin, prolactin, and melatonin which is the trifecta, a.k.a. the cocktail to have a fantastic nap. That's what they'd be putting in Benadryl. <laughs> so if you're celibate, take a Benadryl. Woo. Woo. Um, Japanese, Sick of it here. Japanese, which is interesting. So it was like like naps around the world. Japanese respects workplace naps. Mm -hmm. um, and basically they have this idea that you can take a nap at work because it shows that you're just so dedicated because you're just up at all random hours, like putting in time to work. And some it was like reported that some employees pretend to nap so they can show that they're dedicated to their work, which is kind of like the opposite that I feel we have like here. That's funny. Yeah, because yeah, here that would be seen as like so totally the disrespectful. Opposite. Yeah. Except for some some companies are getting on it and you yeah. know they don't even do nap time for kindergartners anymore. Is that <gasps> They don't? I mean, I don't know. All I know is my brother didn't get them and I did. Jacoby got them. Oh, well then maybe. Oh, I'm pre-K. Yeah, kindergarten. I used to have nap time and they don't have oh, it anymore. Once you get to any. elementary school, they're just like, you're grown now. You're five years old. Buck up, baby. You got to be awake all day. <laughs> That's awful. I hate it here. Um, a lot of other, like, so we all know that Spain has the siestas and I believe they shut down during the middle of the day for like the whole country for an hour and a half, like shuts down. Like Sounds divine. Sounds amazing. Like everybody gets their sleep, which like, would correlate a with a biphasic sleep pattern. You can go take a nap, recharge, oh. boost up, and then be just as alert for the second half of your day. No, because I, I feel like everyone hits that like groggy wall where they've been at work for a little while. They already had yeah. lunch. And then a few hours after that, they're like, I physically can barely even hold yeah, my eyes open. I, in doing research, they were saying that around two o'clock is when a good time to take a nap is because of like our circadian rhythm and like how far we've been functioning like a workhorse for hours and hours and hours. And our brain is starting to like get tired yeah, again. Yeah, starting to be like, okay, yeah. that's enough. Um, so in other European countries are starting to pick up on this as well. Um, like you said, a lot of companies here in the United States are starting to pick up on this. Google headquarters has a nap pod yeah, and they sick. these companies have also found that they are seeing an increase in productivity with having their employees being able to take naps throughout the day at yeah, work and not you ever be shamed for it. Work on something and you're like so tired you can't even concentrate. You can you can read one page <laughs> of notes for like 35 minutes and still have no idea what's going on. Oh yeah, no, for sure. 
So that's why naps are so important. And it, I think it's really important to take a nap, even if it's a 15 minute nap. And even if you do not fall into sleep, like just sitting there still good. with no devices, just with your resting. eyes closed, resting is so put, put a timer on just in case. But put, if, unless you're me, which in which case like put, 18 alarms and two people to be your. And I was like, call me like just call me, like blow me up. I'm like, all right. I'm like multiple times, five times, 10 times. Call me until I answer. Literally. FaceTime me until you see me in my living room and not my bed. Physically up. Um, So that was a little bit about naps. Um, We also just wanted to talk about like two little sleep um, things that relate to sleep. Sleep Like you said, that people started reporting having insomnia, not until we kind of shifted into this um yeah and that's very interesting to me so insomnia is a sleep disorder actually Mm -hmm. and it affects up to 35 percent of adults and 10 percent of that is like chronic adults like just always having it right like so chronic is anything that you experience for more than three months oh gosh so can you imagine out of out of the 35%, 10% of those have like experienced this like almost on a daily basis. Oh, I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then and of those 10% who have it chronically, 40% of those people also have a psychiatric illness. Yeah. So that could be some sort of depression or anxiety. It could be a comorbidity or... with a mental illness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's, it's crazy. And I was talking to Priscilla about this, like different, you know, obviously different people cope differently. And it's funny because when she's really stressed out and anxious, she cannot sleep. She gets non-chronic, but she gets insomnia. Like she'll tell me that at the height of her like stress and anxiety that there'll be like a couple days where she barely, yeah, barely even sleeps at all, which is so not like her. And it's funny because for me, that's how, and that's how she copes. For yeah. me, I'm the literal opposite. If something's bothering me, I will hibernate. I've slept for like 18 hours before. I believe you. And it, it's ready to go back to bed. I'll like sleep for 18 hours, be up for four hours, and then like hit another 12. Oh my God. Like, um, consciousness lame. 95% of Americans have experienced insomnia at some point of their life. That's literally almost everybody. That's so many people. Literally almost everybody. There used to be a point in time when I couldn't sleep. And now I just think I'm like, nah. Um, Some reasons why they say people experience it is irregular sleep schedules. So yeah, that's a bad circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) By this capitalistic society. (laughs) Um, Physical illness and or pain. Yeah, definitely. If you're in pain, it's hard to hard to to get a good night's rest. Mental health, like we said, stress, anxiety, depression or, yeah neurological pain um, which kind of goes with that so that insomnia can be hereditary and there is seven genes that are associated with insomnia so it's um you know if your family member has it it could you know be something that you have as well oh, so don't that tell me that. Interesting. so it's crazy everyone's now getting all this insomnia right so they're going to doctors and they're seeking big pharma's help they're getting mm-hmm. all these sleeping pills and it's crazy because the use of sleeping pills continues to rise, but there's actually no evidence that proves that they actually cure the insomnia. Yeah. It's just like a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. And so another (laughs) interesting thing that we wanted to mention too is that women are actually two times more likely than men to have insomnia. It's so hard being a woman. And 12%, is it 12.6% of pregnant women have insomnia? At the beginning of their pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Wow, so just like... And right then it gets, it, then it's like gets worse as their pregnancy goes on. That's terrible. I think we could talk for a minute about uh, why women have more insomnia than men, but I'm just going to skip past that and we'll keep the pe- the patriarchy at peace for now. As we, what, we shouldn't, but no, I mean, fuck these men. I don't Wait, have what? the energy right I now. I didn't say that. Uh-uh. Wait, what? Me? Who? Hmm? Not you, Coco. You're exempt. <laughs> and another thing that I thought was so interesting is that Pets can actually have insomnia too. Yes. That's so cute. Well, not cute. That's sad. I'm sorry for my little furry friends who can't sleep. (laughs) Um, Something that I experienced and I really wanted to talk about it because I have a little tip that I use to get out of it. And so I'm like, if I could literally help one person, it would make my day. So I experienced sleep paralysis. That's so scary. And um, up to 40% of people in the U.S. experience this. 
So almost half. And basically, this is a disruption or fragmentation of the REM cycle that Hannah explained earlier. So it's while we're in that cycle where our body and our, so our body is in a sleep state, but our mind is in a very active state. So you suddenly become aware of like, you and your body in that. Yes. So it's a very scary thing because your body is sleeping, but your mind is awake. So WebMD notes that sleep paralysis only takes place two times. Either you're transitioning into sleep mode, which is hyponog. I don't know how to say this word. How do you? I swear I'm super smart. How do you spell it? Uh H-Y-P- N-A-G-O-G-I-C. I'm going to take a get. Uh, let's see. Hypnagogic. Hi- hypnagogic. Hypnagogic. Okay, let's see. Hypnagogic. Ew. Fuck that up. Dude, hold on. Hypnagogic. Ew. Play it for me. Okay, let's see it. Oops. Hypnagogic. Fuck that up. Hypnagogic. Hypnagogic. I don't like it. So that's transitioning into sleep mode or... Coming out of sleep mode, which is hypnopompic. 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 These goddamn words. Like, who makes this shit? I found it. Okay, let's listen. Oh, it doesn't come up. Oh, wait. Hypnopompic. We said that one. We said that, I think, because we knew the hypnagogic. Yep, yep, yep. So it happens in these two stages. So it's really when your conscious and mind is awake in your sleep body. So it's very right. scary. And so that's what it is like scientifically. We're not sure why it happens, yeah. but it can feel like a lot of things for you while like to your consciousness. Yeah. A lot of people scary. hallucinate mm-hmm. and they perceive either like an intruder or mm-hmm. an incubus. Yeah. Or like a shadow being. And mm-hmm. um, there's like a lot of reports of like them seeing demons. Mm-hmm. And that's how they equate it. And, you know, is it a demon? Who knows? But yeah. that might be how you and your you perspective, that. that might yeah. be how you perceive it. And a lot of people actually report like a gargoyle-like, like demon creature on their chest, like holding them down. Yeah. Which is highly disturbing. So it can be pretty scary for these people while it's happening. And it really only lasts, you know, sometimes it can be just a couple seconds or you could be kind of trapped in that in-between state for a few minutes. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be hallucinations, but no, just I, the, I never had hallucinations. Well, like that's for good. me, I would just be aware that I was in my room. And for me, I was I would, like, I would only get them when I was younger. Like they started for me when I was like six and it ended as I got older, but I haven't had any in a while. I've never had one. They're awful. Um, I would want I to hear. scream out for my mom and you cannot talk like you I, like I wanted to move. You can't move. I did have like difficulty breathing and that's why I would like Ooh. panic because I felt like I couldn't breathe. Maybe and that's I, why when people are doing the hallucinating, they think something's on their chest. Yeah, I know. Like it's hard for me to breathe. If you ever experience this, um, my tip to you is to, to realize that you're going to be okay and take a deep breath if you can but wiggle your toes mm. or your hands. So it's just like you coming out of a meditative state. You want right. to slowly bring awareness back to your body. Right. So by wiggling your toes and wiggling your fingers, your the rest of your body will soon wake up and you will be able to quote unquote okay. like break that feeling. And it, well, that's it good advice. when it does happen, it it I stopped it immediately and and it's been great since then. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then like she said too, to not freak out if you can help it, because like we said, this is a real thing that happens. You're not hallucinating. You're not going crazy. Like you're fine. It's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really crazy. I hope I never experienced that, to be honest. But I think that's all we have as far as sleep goes. I hope you learned something today. I I know we learned something. Yeah, I definitely learned a lot while I was researching this. So because we want our second nap queen episode to kind of revolve a little bit more around dreams because there's a lot to dive into as far as what happens when you're in that REM cycle and what happens when your brain waves are increasing like that. Yeah. It's almost like you're awake. You're perceiving so much info and things like what's going on in there. Mm-hmm. And to kick that off and to get you guys a little taste of next time, we do want to share with you really fast 
our first dream stories. We both remember our first dreams from when we were pretty young. I think for myself, I was five. What were you? You said you were four. You I think was four. When you had this dream? Yeah, I was four. Um, so yeah, I know some people don't find listening to other people's dreams interesting, but I think it's so fascinating. And you haven't told me your story and I haven't told you my story. So we I'm wanted this to be a live and in-person off the story. Go ahead, Hannah. Let me hear your story. Okay. Yeah. My mine was like a nightmare at the time, but like it, I was five and it was really not that scary. It was really goofy. So you guys have all heard of like uh, nauditoriums. Is that what they're called? Like big indoor swimming pool areas. Sounds right. Yeah. So we used to go to one in real life and it was like me and my little brother and my mom. And so in this dream, we walk into the nauditorium that we've been to. In real life, I've been there. And then in the, bleh, and in the dream... It looks totally different. In real life, there's a kitty area with a bunch of like, um, you know, like the playground and the whole place to play in the water. And then there's like an adult pool and they're really close together. In the dream, it was like really cold and sterile and there was no one else there but me and my brother and my mom. We walk in and my mom tells us, my brother and I, who I'm five and so that would have made him like three. My mom tells us to stay in the kid area and stay over here. And it's like way in the front. And then she goes all the way over there to the back, to the adult pool area. And she has her back like turned to us. And <laughs> this is the part where it gets goofy. But in my five-year-old head, it was terrifying. And all of a sudden, <laughs> a big mechanical alligator who was the alligator that ate Captain <laughs> Hook's hand <laughs> rises up out of the water and it swallows my brother and it grabs me too. And like Captain Hook is like operating it at the helm of this big mechanical wow. alligator. And Captain Hook is trying to eat us. And I'm like inside of this alligator mouth, right? And my brother is like in the whole alligator is hollow on the inside. But for some reason, I know that if my brother, who's hanging on desperately to my ankle, if he, if I slip and fall and he reaches the bottom of that alligator tail, he's dead. And I know it. I don't know why, but that was... <laughs> you just know. And in the dream, I remember clearly still to this day, I'm like holding on to these big mechanical teeth and I'm screaming for my mom. And all I want is my mom to come over and help us and save me. And please, mom, mom. And she won't. And she like doesn't hear me and she won't come. And like, all I know is I'm like looking at the teeth in my hand and I'm slipping and I look back at my brother. I look up at the teeth and I look back at my brother and then I slip and I fall and I just see him like slide to the back of the alligator and we both die and I wake up and I'm screaming for my mom. Aww. Are you like waking up screaming? Yeah, in, in real life. Yeah. I was like, ah! And then I like ran to my mom's room. Aww. And I've analyzed that dream a lot. I have a lot of opinions, but <laughs> we won't get into it. <laughs> it's so funny because growing up when I was younger, I had so many dreams of like whales and sharks being in pools. Oh my gosh, that's funny. And mine mm -hmm. was an alligator in a yeah. pool, which is, and it was mechanical, which is weird. But yeah, I have a lot of dreams like that. Hmm. So probably because you saw Nemo. No, this is, this is before Nemo. I'm a lot older. I did not you. mean to age you like that. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> Tell me about your dream. These are the days of, of our, our lives. lives. So my first dream, and it was so funny because it's a, it was a two-part series because I oh. had the first part and the next night I had part two. I love that for And that's you. why I think I remember it so well because I'm like, I real, that's when I first was like, what is happening when I'm sleeping? Like, what is this going on? You know, mm -hmm. so, it's not as like dramatic. It wasn't scary at all, but it was me and I'm in this forest and I'm just like walking around, like minding my business. Cool. And I remember I was like hiding from somebody, but I couldn't remember who, but I just know like I just could not get caught. So I remember I was hiding and all of a sudden I knew like shit was not going well. So I like get in this little sack and you know, okay. like Crash Bandicoot. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's when like PlayStation 1 came out. I'm aging myself. Oh and girl, so I, I was play playing that, all the PlayStation. I played that game a lot. So Crash Bandicoot came and he's like, get in this sack. Like I'm going to fucking carry you and I'm going to take you out of this forest. So was he a cartoon? Yeah, but like it but was... But you weren't a cartoon. No, it was like normal. Like I'm in this And he forest. was a cartoon. He was a cartoon. Wow. Yeah. So he came and put me in the sack and he's like, That's I'm nice going to save him. you. So nice of so him. So I, I just remember him running and that was the first night, right? 
So the second night I went to sleep, it literally like was so crazy because it was the next night and it picked up exactly where it left off. Like literally like- You were not done with this narrative. No, it was literally like an old VCR. You put pushed it in, press play, and, and it was right exactly where, where you left off. Yeah. That's so funny. So I'm in this sack and there's this little hole. Mm-hmm. And I get mm-hmm. to see who we're running away from. And it's the goddamn aliens off of Toy Story. <laughs> what? <laughs> like those little green marches. From the pizza planet? Yes. Vending machine? Yes. And we no. were running away from them. And we finally like got away. And I remember finally getting away. And we were like safe. And Crash Bandicoot left. And he went to do his thing. And I'm still in this forest. Go and I remember Crash. The- I remember there being like this big clawfoot tub in the middle of the forest and I just took a shower and just was like, oh my God, you're my love fucking love for showers. showers. <gasps> oh my God. It started there, folks. Her love for showers. <laughs> started when I was four years old in my dreams. Made me feel protected after after all the running away. Ooh, I just took me a shower. Can you imagine if there was like a beautiful, like lush forest and you literally had a clawfoot tub and you could take like a relaxing bath in it? Mm literally all I want to do. I thought all you want to do was sleep. All I want to do. Yeah. So that was my first dream. And that's when I realized I was like, there's something going on when I'm sleeping that I'm, mm-hmm. I have this really cool power to tap into these really cool scenes where I'm doing cool shit. And it was interesting. So I remember that as my first dream that Crash Bandicoot saved me from the, mm. um, the aliens from Toy yeah. Story. Yeah. I think dreams are so crazy and I can't wait to get into it next episode because I have like a hunch that my past life, my last one was like really dark mm-hmm. and like that a lot of really bad things happened. And you get a regression dead. I know. I'm afraid. And I think that because when I was little, I like it, since I was really young, I had like innate knowledge of like some inappropriate things. And like, I've had really, really, really dark dreams since I was like a little kid. Yeah, me too. Like to the point where it's like, why would I at five years old? And I have vivid, vivid memories of these mm-hmm. dreams. Why would I ever know that? Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting to me that even so young, your brain is able to come up with these things and formulate these stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And it makes me very, very excited to go over our dream episode, but you will have to wait for that. And on that do note, that like on season two, right? Yeah, we're going to we're going to give that a minute, air it out. See how y'all like this. See how y'all yeah. dip the toes. in. We're the- doing a lot of toe dipping. We are. We might be ankle deep at this point. Ooh, we're getting a little wet. A little came through dripping. Drip, drip. Wet. Anyways, and on that note, we are deliriously tired. And so (laughs) for our own mental health, we're going to have to go ahead and wrap it up. And we're going to go to sleep. We are. We are going straight to Our adenosine levels is high. Girl, and I got up at six in the morning today. You Oh my, I, I was so surprised. I've never I went seen to bed at like up. I went to bed at one. I know, I've never seen. I went to bed at like, yeah, I went to bed at like 1230. That's your hours though. I'm, I'm usually going to sleep at me. like one. Yeah, no. Well, I think we're both sleep. We're both out of our, out of our circadian rhythm right now. I'm all non-circadified. So we going to wrap it up, Dan. And yes. because we know you guys cannot get enough of us. Please feel free to check us out, follow us, find us, stalk us on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. That's going to be at Broken Bad Bitches. We're also on Twitter. At Bitches Bad. Again, that is an X instead of a C. Don't forget. Don't forget. We just want to send you guys off with such love and light. And we hope that you learned something today. We did just as we did. And we wanted to also leave you with a message that is this. We all know that sleep is a form of self-care and we should be practicing it as well as a lot of other forms of self-care regularly. You only get one body in this incarnation and you need to be wise and treat it nicely. Remember to love yourself and that you are worthy of that. Yes. Yes. Oh, right. Make All sh- of it. So we make sure you. you- Oops, sorry. Sorry, little boo. And we will see you next Thursday at 7 p.m. Streaming on all platforms that you get your podcast. This has been so much fun. Yes. Thank you guys so much for being here. Bye. Bye.